Nathan, you mentioned that you have a daily meditation practice. In our longer episode, you spoke a lot about the work of paying attention. I was wondering if you could talk us through how you came to your own meditation practice, and also if you'd be willing to offer us some sort of practice for those of us who want to hone that attention paying. Yeah, okay. Like maybe a lot of people, I've kind of played around with or explored different kinds of meditation for more than 10 years, um, 15 years, and gone through all the journeys that people go through that, you know, I can't meditate, I can't stop thinking, and it's not for me. And then about five years ago, I got taught a practice called Vedic meditation uh, by my teacher, Jason Salisbury, Salsa, he's, um, he's in my last film, Beautiful Surfer, Beautiful Goofy Foot Surfer, and a beautiful father and husband and great man, and he taught me Vedic meditation, and it was just really powerful for me, so it's a twice-daily practice. I, I do it in the mornings and in the afternoon, evening, and yeah, it's just really special almost again one of those things that are really hard to articulate because it's that really kind of no mind state and then when you try to put it in words it's something sort of hard to wrap words around for me it's just literally that practice where every day you sit even sometimes you sit in the suffering of the monkey mind you sit in the poverty of your heart and all the difficulties of life and despite all that it's just having that intention to sit and go through the motions. I used to be naive and think that there'd be like rainbows and unicorns and <laughs> waterfalls and and often, and I do have really deeply blissful meditations, but a lot of the time it's, it's literally like doing the work, you know. Lots of times I don't look forward to it. It's just, it's just doing it. And for me, it almost just sort of creates a, that sort of intention, creates like a, an openness of heart. You know, I feel like the last few years, especially with everything's happened, um, you know, and in, in all over the planet, people have been given a really shove and, and they're sort of, you see a lot of people sort of struggling to find their balance. And then being a school teacher, I see a lot of young people and, you know, and the father of teenagers and see a lot of young people. There's this kind of generalized despair and anxiety about, about around the world and around life. 25 years ago when I was a teacher, no one mentioned the word anxiety. No parents did, and now it just comes up all the time. And I just, I, I really believe in the power of meditation as an amazing tool that's available to everybody. Like Dave and I were having a chat yesterday and someone was talking about things not being right in the world, which is true, but it's so easy to be overwhelmed by that. And I was saying a beautiful thing to do is to close your eyes and feel the morning sun on your eyelids. And for me... That's what the, the meditation's like. It's, it's being kind, about being kind to myself. I don't know if I'm just weird, but I, I feel like the internal dialogue that I have personally, and I imagine it might be like this for other people, we can kind of be so cruel to ourselves. We would never speak to someone else like we can speak to ourselves. You know, you look in the mirror and you're wrinkly, you're fat, you're old, you're out of shape, you're not succeeding. Like we're, the, the, the things that we tell ourselves... It's cruel, you know, and I, so I really believe in meditation for me has enabled me to just notice those thoughts and, and not be owned by them, which was kind of a big revelation for me because I, I very much a long time in my whole life, um, 
we've talked about it before, had big feelings. I could, I can literally remember being a young person, like a teenager, and waking up and going, oh, this is going to be, today's a sad day, and being owned by that for the day. And now those thoughts still occur to me, and through meditation, it's given me the ability to go, oh, that's interesting, that's a thought. It might even be true in that moment, like, oh, I feel a bit kind of melancholy, I can't quite put my finger on it. Why? But it doesn't have to be my truth for the whole day. For me, again, really, it's all about kindness. With that in mind, Nath, would you be willing to share a practice that you've shared before? Yeah, sure. I've actually trained in the last couple of years to be a meditation teacher. The style I teach is called One Giant Mind and there's kind of protocols around that. It's like a three-day course. and So I can't do that one, but I can do one that I do as a primary school teacher with 10-year-olds. So if you can imagine I sit on the floor with the kids after lunch, sometimes first thing in the morning, sometimes after lunch. We sit in a big circle and we just try to get quiet. And we settle into our breath. And I've been teaching in a Catholic school for the last 10 years. So this is a Christian meditation, but I want it to be inclusive for everybody. I personally practice a a Hindu uh, meditation from the Vedic tradition. Hopefully people at home, wherever you are listening to this, feel like you can be involved. I like to be really inclusive when it comes to faith traditions. I feel like faith or denominations or whatever, for me it's like, your mother tongue, you know. So I was born in Australia. I grew up in the West. And the language, my first language was Christianity. And then for someone else in another part of the world, it's it, they've got another first language. And I really believe in celebrating the unique differences of those things, those languages. I think it's almost like... Um, love poetry you know we can read Shakespeare or Keats or Shelley or because it's our language and it's gorgeous but imagine if if you just thought oh the only good love poems are English ones you know Mm. you'd miss out on Rumi or Khalil Gibran or and it's gorgeous to to read their 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 work but unfortunately because I don't speak Arabic I can only read a translation Anyway, so it goes without saying, you know, if you're driving, you might just want to sit in the space of this or the heart of this, but of course you're going to keep your eyes open and we're not going to have a really deep dive because literally this is what I do with school kids. So let's see how it plays out. I wonder if you can imagine being a little kid again. Can you go back into that childlike heart that you had when you were 10 years old? And you're sitting in a circle with a teacher on the floor. I always tell my kids how lucky they are, how fortunate they are. I didn't even know what meditation was when I was 10 years old. So we're going to use a word. It's a really special word. It's a Hebrew word. It's the name of God from the Hebrew tradition. It gets um, mistranslated as Jehovah. But actually the word is Yahweh. And it's only sort of fairly recently that they discovered the true meaning of the word. Historically, Yahweh was a word that only priests knew. It was a word that 
you were um, prohibited to say out loud because it was so special. So in the Hebrew tradition, they actually believe that it's God's name, not his title, not like Mr. or Lord or Principal or CEO, his actual t- his name, like Lauren or David. And it's a beautiful word. And what they've found out recently is that it's a, an omnomatopoeic word. It's a sound word. And it's the sound of breathing. So it's literally... And I love that idea. It's in lots of religious traditions, lots of faith traditions, indigenous traditions, the, 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 um, this kind of intrinsic link between God and breath. In the Old Testament, the word spirit and breath mean the same thing. It's the same word. So we're going to use that word as a, a little mantra, which means that we just repeat that word You might like to do it with your breath as you inhale and exhale. And we use that mantra just as a tool to settle into our heart. And I always tell the kids at school, inevitably you're going to start to think about something else. We always do when we meditate. And that's okay, that's part of the process. We're not trying to turn our minds off. Our minds think. If we notice that we're thinking about something, you just gently... Bring yourself back to that special word, Yahweh. And of course, it's totally cool if you've got another special word, something that's meaningful for you. Go for it. You can use that word. Now, because I do this with little kids, we're only going to go for a minute or so. And I think that's really powerful for kids just to sit with, with the intention to have a go and just to have that sort of breathing room. A breathing space in the middle of a busy day, busy school day. All right, let's let's settle in. To start, I'm going to pull out a Bible verse from the Book of Psalms, which is in the Old Testament, where the Hebrew tradition comes from. And these are words that God gave to David. Who's the same, if, if you know your Bible stories, it's the same David from David and Goliath, the little shepherd boy who became a king. He's a real hero in the Bible. He's one of my favourite characters in the Bible for sure. He, uniquely, he, he's described in the Bible as being the apple of God's eye. No one else got called that. He's a very mysterious thing. He's a real hero in the Bible, but he was an adulterer and a murderer and a really complex human, which reminds me of everyone I know, including myself. I think we're in good company. We're all complex humans. And the words that that God gave to David, I'm going to, um, to King David, were uh, when he was on the run, he was, uh, he was chosen to be king, but the current king, King Saul, wasn't happy about that. And David was hiding out in caves, literally like an outlaw on the run. And he was full of anxiety about his life situation and where things were going and the plans. And he didn't know how things were going to turn out. And God gave him these special words. I'm going to say the words, and maybe you at home, wherever you're listening, this might like to repeat it too. Even if you're driving, but you can remember to keep your eyes open. After you hear the gong, then we're just going to settle into our breath. 
and, and gently hold on to that word Yahweh and then a little while later I'll ring the gong again. I encourage you when you hear the gong the second time not to open your eyes straight away but just to gently let go of your special word, the mantra and just take a moment to open your eyes. Alright, let's have a go. If you'd like to, can you repeat after me? Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be still.